Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles International, right here on Tojanet, Pararex, and wherever else fine radio is being heard. I am Ron Kolick, your host, and with me all the way across the pond is the gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Stephen Parsons. Good evening. Whatever. And also, all the way from the west coast of these here states is my favorite West Coast witch, Marla Brooks. Well, it's good afternoon here. Whatever. And finally, <laughs> deep in the penthouse, and it was in the cellar, but it's now the penthouse, <laughs> high in the penthouse, overlooking the great city of East Bridgewater, is the blonde bombshell, Ian Kerrigan. Well, good evening. It is also evening at my house. So really? I don't know where so you are, Ron. Old, I don't know. I've got bright sunshine. It's freaking awesome out here. So well, I don't it's know six o'clock. It's, it's evening. It's officially yeah, evening. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. After five. So when are you depressed all the time? Me? <laughs> yeah, I'm not six me. o'clock and it's evening already. So there you go. Hey, I was just thinking. Cause you really did it hurt? No. Uh... Normally the show's entitled or been retitled Marla's Monthlies, but we can't. We'll have to come up with a new title for tonight. I, yeah. I have a new title, new opening, everything for this show. Yeah, oh, really? God. It's a brand new show, brand new shiny show that I've mm. polished off. Of course, I, I did preview it on the morning show, so if you're really curious, you could go back, and I won't no. even tell you which one it is, yeah, and out. find out what this... Not bothered. <laughs> it would be nice to get a new trailer from time to time, though. <laughs> well, why don't you work on it? Yes, it would. Because you forgot when I was over there, didn't you? Uh, you know, what, they don't have microphones in the UK? I'm sorry. You know, yeah, you know, Steve, yeah, I was after him to do t- updates on a lot of stuff. He's like, rah, 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 rah. yeah, yeah, I've been there, done that. No, yeah. got the badge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, updates, you know, oh, Ron, wait, you all when, when you, Ron, when you come you over, we'll have to record, uh, we'll have to film, uh, we'll have to make, uh, and they never do. They're just like uh, too busy. Uh, uh, too busy. I'm monsters. sorry, Dylan and see I are monsters. going somewhere. Sea Anyways, monsters. we still have a show. Nobody sea wants to monsters. hear our little squabbling. Sea anyway, monsters. yeah, which you, of course, going to be on camera, so you jumped right at the chance. Anyways, <laughs> moving right along. In, 14, on in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. 10 o'clock at night on the deck of the Nina spotted strange lights in the Saragasses Sea. How did he know it was 10 o'clock at night? <laughs> you know, it sounds like it's that same opening that cost us 10 minutes of the live show. <laughs> he was there. And anyways, uh, that is one of the first recordings of strange events that happened in the Bermuda Triangle, a fantastic piece of 
ocean, one corner in Bermuda, one corner in Puerto Rico, and one corner in Miami. Why don't we call it the Puerto Rican Triangle? <laughs> no, Bermuda. Cause that's the mystery, I, isn't it? I mean, why is it called the Bermuda Triangle? Because that's the top of the triangle. Blame it on Charles Berlitz, you know, the guy yeah. that made the language. It's, it's all yeah. he's doing. He's, oh, uh, he named it. Okay. Oh, my God. Marvel did some research. <gasps> You're sitting down? Yeah. You got something for us, girl? I do. I do. Ooh. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I do once in a while. Um, but, but actually, it was coined by this guy, this writer named Vincent Gaddis in yep. the men's pulp magazine Argosy. Oh, but he came. He was first to come up with the phrase, um, but a much more famous name propelled it into international popularity a decade later. And that was Charles Ber- Berlitz, whose family created <laughs> the popular series of language instruction courses. But but it, it's not as nice as we think. Um, he he believed that not only Atlantis was real, but he was also saying that it was connected to the Bermuda Triangle in some ways, and it was a theory that he proposed in his best-selling book called The Bermuda Triangle. Surprise, surprise. Now, the mystery has since been promoted in thousands of books and magazines and television shows and everything, and Charles Berlitz's facility with the language did not carry over into credible research or scholarship. So, like, his books on the paranormal... And on the Bermuda Triangle specifically, were riddled with errors, mistakes, oh, and unscientific no. crank theories. Oh, no. So, in a way, the Bermuda Triangle is largely a creation of Charles Berlitz's mistakes. <laughs> and, and somebody wrote later that Berlitz's research was so sloppy that if he were to report that a boat were red, the chances of it being that color was almost uncertain. I mean, a certainty that it wouldn't be that color. Really? <laughs> so well, he got a bad rap, blind. but he also You're gets... colorblind, it might be. Oh, yeah, well, men are colorblind more than women. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so it's Berlitz. That's well, why actually, you prefer blondes. <laughs> actually, Vincent Gaddis, but then Berlitz. So, yes, that was my research on the why they call it the Bermuda Triangle. Hey, did Shut you up. know that the... Um... Oh, oh. The first, the first actual account. Ah, uh, uh, here we go. I knew you'd have it. Uh, the first actual account. I'm listening. Predates because the the Columbus account was was retrofitted in later. Oh, retrofitted. The first actual account you have from inside the area is 1881. When a Liverpool sailing ship on its way to New York, the Ellen Austin, encountered a ghost ship in the region that we would call the Bermuda Triangle. As she uh, sailed through the foggy waters of the Sargasso Sea, uh, which of course overlaps and borders alongside the uh, Bermuda Triangle. And this has got uh, repercussions with, of course, the Mary, Cel- Mary Celeste. Mary Celeste. Because... Um, the Ellen Austin encountered a fully stocked and abandoned ship, which they saw as an opportunity to seize the cargo, so they sent of some of their own men across to the ship. Well, you have the, um, what do they call it? Um, salvage. 
salvage. Um, so they as long as there's someone on board, you can't. But if if there yeah. isn't, then you can't. So they sent the, the ship uh, men across from the Ellen Austin to the uh, abandoned ship, and with the intention of sailing it for the remaining journey uh, to New York side by side, but. Uh-huh. Must be written by a New Englander because a wicked storm blew up. Aha! <laughs> there you go. And quickly separated the two ships. And when they were reunited, there wasn't a trace of the crew on the abandoned ship. It was once more empty, but still packed with the valuable cargo and resources. So the captain of the Ellen Austin tried reboarding it for a second time. But when the crew members got aboard, a thick and blinding fog rolled in and separated Uh the ships again. When the fog finally cleared, the ghost ship and all of the crew had completely vanished. And that was a story that was recounted in contemporary English newspapers. In fact, I'm picked up by American newspapers in 1881. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's the cool thing about the triangle. If you look at all the things that are connected to it, I mean, you, you have those strange fog thing. You have disappearance. You have disappearing ships, disappearing planes. You have uh, green mist. You have electronic problems. You have compass mm-hmm. problems. Uh, it, it's a whole variety of, of uh, incidents that occur. So that's what well, makes it intriguing. Well, in, in reality... It's, yes. been, it's been said uh, there's a nice story from 1895 as well but um, a scientist uh, Karl Krasinski in 1895 <laughs> no uh, has, has, if, has done some extensive research um, yes many have by the way well this is this no. is a scientist um, says and his conclusion is actually there's no mystery at all uh-huh. The Australian, the Australian revealed that the high number of disappearances is actually no higher than any other comparable area of ocean in the world, and the actual number of disappearances is explained by nothing more than uh, plain old human error, bad weather, and the fact that lots of ships and planes are in the area. Um, that's, that's understandable. And, and, yeah, I mean, it's actually yeah. 270,000 square miles, which yeah, is I, I quite, totally a, quite yeah. a chunk of ocean, and it's that right only, in the middle only, of the major shipping lanes. That that doesn't really explain what the triangle is, because that only it doesn't make sense with the accounts that are, of planes and so forth that that occur as well. And and I'm not talking about uh, the, the, just the, the ship disappears or a plane disappears, but the accounts of the people that have survived going through the triangle. Okay, and, well, uh, let's let's just. I understand because you'll undoubtedly refer shortly to Flight 19. No, absolutely, I'm not going to even touch that oh, one. But I, I have well, an explanation. Well, for okay, that, by the way, but the story story, the story that Charles Bullitt and others and and it's always portrayed when you see it on TV, is that it was a you know a typical Bermudan calm evening and the weather was fine and they, they were flying along in happy blue skies. The actual fact, it was blowing a gale and there were 50 foot waves um, and they only, there was, they had one experienced pilot in the entire flight. Now this pilot, it is known from radio transcripts got lost. He reported himself lost and the fact that he was trying to find his way back again. The navigator was a junior pilot who and there was an argument 
over the radio between the different uh, members of the flight, which was recorded and transcribed at the time. And he simply says, it flew away. Um, And he said... (laughs) He said, uh, with regard to the second aircraft, the search aircraft that disappeared, it never did vanish without a trace. It was actually seen to blow up. There were several several witnesses to the explosion, and oil slick and debris were found. And after the disaster of the the, um, rescue aircraft, uh, the the Mariner, uh, the U.S. Navy grounded all of the other Mariner seaplanes, and as a result of that accident and similar accidents, these things were given the nickname flying gas tanks. Mm-hmm. So we, now, we make we make normal things into mysteries. Just no, no, that's see, I, that's totally a thing. You're just explaining certain things. But unfortunately, as I was discussing it, and I, I wasn't going to touch that flight because it's okay. not as well known, is that, uh, for instance, flight 727, uh, which was a, a commercial airline, which was going into uh, Fort Lauderdale, and uh, they were made their check 20 minutes out. And uh, they reported in, and then all of a sudden, 10 minutes out, it dropped off. I mean, excuse me, then all of a sudden it dropped off the radar totally to flight control. Flight control contacted the Coast Guard and also put it in their own emergency things. And uh, 10 minutes later, the plane showed up again on the radar and landed normally, and the people got off from the plane. Uh, when they did, uh, they, they were, of course, challenged. They wanted to know what all the thing was. And uh, they discovered that the clocks on the, the plane uh, were 10 minutes behind. That plane had lost 10 minutes of flight somewhere. And uh, it could never be explained. Hmm. Interesting. Well, there were a couple of other things that I found that were rather interesting, but this first one made me laugh out loud, and I wasn't really going to mention it because this is what, well, it got me in trouble the last time we did this show (laughs) because, well, it it deals with methane. Yeah, Um, uh, cow farts. Yeah, because, you see, scientists have discovered large concentrations of methane gas due to decomposing sea organisms that are trapped on the ocean floor. So the methane accumulates as super-concentrated methane ice, and Mm -hmm. if a pocket ruptures, the gas surges up, erupts on the surface without warning. So if a ship is in the area of the blowout, so to speak the water beneath it would suddenly become much less dense and it could sink and sediment could quickly cover over whatever landed there. Right. Ah, yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah, that's they, they've actually done, I've seen the research on that, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it is plausible for disappearance and things. But I want to go back to more of the stranger things that occurred to there. Uh, like, uh, what was the name of that? Oh, Grand Turk Airport. There's two, the traffic controller once again, and uh, the manager of the tower uh, saw a plane flying overhead, and they attempted to contact it, and they kept calling and calling, and... Uh, they were going unheeded, but they could hear the voice on the on the plane, which is a woman pilot. I forget her name right now. And she reported that her maps showed Grand Turk Island, and but the island was uninhabited. There was no people there. There was no airport, and there was no landing strip. And she was right above 
the airport where they could visibly see her. And then eventually she, after several, several passes around over the island, she turned off into a, another direction and disappeared. <laughs> so the, the theory is that uh, she actually saw uh, the island at another period of time. Hmm. Wow. Well, that's, that's that's interesting. So she went through a uh, time travel through a portal. Well, that's the whole thing. There's Supposedly? there's so many theories about it. I mean, everyone you mentioned are good theories. Uh, uh, Steve certainly with the the, the statistics can we, on the. Can we just go back to that Boeing seven two seven? Yes, sir. Because according to the Federal Aviation Authority administration, yep. mm-hmm. it never happened. Oh, really? The FAA record no incident or event that takes place uh, as you describe it. Um, and in fact, there is a note saying that there is a, a myth. A lot, there's a story about this. Yeah. There is no evidence to support it. It is simply a story, and the FAA have no record of any incident ever being reported. Yeah, I know. Uh, so I had a look at the FAA. In fact, I'm on the FAA website, and there's nothing there. Looking at the dates, looking at the aircraft type, which is what I've been doing since you told what, the story. What date did you uh, look at? No, looking at the all dates and types. There is no incident with a Boeing 727, 737. Uh, it was a 727. Well, it, was flight, the, it was flight 727. I've, so we have flight I've number. looked at all, all combinations. So... According to your Federal Aviation Administration, it didn't take place. Well, it could happen, right? Well, Absolutely. Good. They say it didn't. Yeah, that's fine. I'll keep looking. No, that's fine. No, that's that's fine. That's that's good. And then we can go on to the next more intriguing one, which is, of course, the tug Good News, which was towing a huge barge uh, to salvage into uh, – uh, Florida. It uh, was towed by a thousand foot uh, cord, a rope, or whatever you call it. It was a half ton rope. Uh, they were just going along. Uh, the captain was in, these are eyewitness reports, by the way, that are documented. And um, the captain was just relaxing, and all of a sudden the, the boat was uh, shaken, and they, they ran up to the thing, and there was a like a huge squall that. Uh, came out of nowhere and uh, all the navigation went crazy on this thing and they they went into the engine house and they were worried about the barge of course and uh, so they opened up all the turbines as fast as they could but they couldn't even move into the thing and then as quickly as it started it ended but when they uh, they put it on autopilot and then they went down to the deck to see how much damage was done and they looked back over the tow line which was a thousand feet stretched out a half ton tow line which was straight out over the water, they couldn't see the barge. They pulled the tow line in, and there was absolutely nothing at the end of the tow line, and the line itself was clean, cut like it was cut with an axe. Mm. Mm. And the the air was cold, and they put their hand on the rails, and... uh, they almost got burned from it because the rails were so hot. <laughs> Very bizarre. That's what the triangle is. Bizarre. <laughs> and whatever happened, can I just interject here? I just yeah, want to say, the please Bermuda sir. Triangle, right? Yep. When, when I was a kid growing up in the 70s, it was 
all the rage. Everything. Yeah. Uh, oh, the Bermuda Triangle. This. They it actually had board games. Do you know that? Yeah, I did. And I was I was going to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, but there were movies. Like, remember the movie of the week? Uh, whatever channel it was, I don't know. Yeah. And like, they would always have these really cheesy movies about the Bermuda Triangle. And and then it's just like, I don't know. Somewhere along the way, it just dropped off. It just gone. No one ever talked about it again. Never heard about it again. Boof. I mean, uh, was it just did yeah, Hollywood I, I, I make it up? With you. I kind of disagree with you being not heard again because there are dozens and dozens of books and and documentaries written about it uh, and produced over the the years. Oh, over the years, but I mean, it just seemed like there was always something on TV. Yeah, it was a rage at one time. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, yes, I did know that there was the Bermuda Triangle board game, the mm-hmm. Sinister Mystery Cloud Swallows Ships, yeah. uh, in nineteen seventy six. Yeah. Um, I wish I had that game. It looks pretty cool. <laughs> really? It was one I did not have. But yeah, I know. I'm going to have to look that up, man. You can get it because I almost bought it a couple of years back. <laughs> that's really, yeah, that's up. really neat. But I you. mean, you know, like the, 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 the mid to late 70s, the Bermuda Triangle was just hot, hot, hot. It was a big deal. It was also mm. the Great Lakes Triangle as well. Yeah, but we're talking about the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Okay. Just say. Yeah, uh, we, yeah oh, there, it, there's, there's it, the East Bridgewater Triangle, the, the uh, also the, 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 the Devil's David, Triangle. The, well, we have the Devil's Triangle or the David Triangle, which is a UFO hotspot here. Right, right. But, How come it's never a pentagram? I don't know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> actually, no, a triangle is one-fifth of a pentagram. So. <laughs> yes, it is, actually. <laughs> what is it, what's quite interesting, going through the uh, FAA and the NTSB and... Um, Nothing disappeared over the triangle, you're going to tell me next. No, no, no. Lots of ships have. And aeroplanes and stuff. In fact, two lighthouse keepers managed to disappear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Honestly, attributed to the Bermuda Triangle is the Great Isaac Lighthouse uh, incident, which took place in 1969 in Bimini in the Bahamas, mm-hmm. uh, where two lighthouse keepers disappeared and were never found again. According to the story. However, what the story doesn't say is the other part of it where a hurricane had passed through. Um, they were there at the start of the hurricane and they weren't there when the hurricane ended. Um, and things like in 1925, the SS Cotopaxi uh, left Charleston, South Carolina, uh, destined for Havana. Radio to distress call reported that the ship was uh, sinking. And then it disappeared. Officially listed as overdue on the 31st of December that year. Uh, in 1985, an unknown shipwreck was found off St. Augustine, Florida, which was subsequently identified as the remains of the Cotopaxi. And it just goes on and on and on. They keep finding them again. They're not disappearing. They're turning up broken. That, that's not absolutely true because you, uh, you, they find. The they're finding. Wait a minute. They're finding several ships, but not finding all of them. And and what they've got to make sure. Of them. Even the famous flight, they they've said they find that it's about every year somebody finds one of those. No, no. Things. These these are positive. This is this is your government's own. Oh, our government Transportation Safety about them. Board and United States Coast Guard. <laughs> So, let's, yeah, if it was I mean, Lloyd's of London that that uh, did it, then I would be. Well, the U.S. Coast Guard. These, yeah. these are 
these were, like for the example 1941, the USS Proteus lost with 58 people on board, having uh, departed St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands with a cargo of bauxite. Now, this ship is listed as disappeared without trace in the Bermuda Triangle. However, according to the US Coast Guard, <laughs> they know where it is. Ah, of course. Where is it? It's at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Aha! Well, so does they anybody say. know about Before, the USS In fact, Cyclone? one very famous story. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Revenock. No, go ahead. Finish, Steve. I'll just finish this one then. Yeah. 1958, oh, the Revenock, a 43-foot racing yawl. As I mentioned. With her owner, Harvey, Harvey Conover, lost between Key West and Florida. Uh, apparently, no trace was found, according to the story, except... It was found. The skiff was found floating and broken, and the event took place during a Force 12 hurricane. Ah, that could do it. <laughs> yeah, that would do it. Yeah. So you just selected a bunch of ones that they found. No, no, you I'm not going select through. the ones they didn't find. Well, the cyclone. Well, they still haven't found MH370, have they? Let's be honest. <laughs> Go ahead, Lamala. Well, you know, I mean, they didn't. I don't think they found the Cyclops, but it was one of the earliest reported casualties within the Bermuda uh -huh. Triangle. And, um, 1918. Yeah, it was a large ship, like 542 feet long, and was carrying like 300 men and several thousand supplies. And it never made it to its destination because they say the ship went down somewhere between Barbados and the Chesapeake Bay. But the thing that they think is a little strange about it is that the ship was supposed to be advanced in the sense that it had radios which could contact somebody in case of emergencies, and there was never an SOS signal sent from the ship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The That's Cyclops, right. just to reassure you, Ron, the U.S. Coast Guard do list the Cyclops as missing. They do. Because brought it up, Steve. I noticed you didn't bring that one up, so that's. that's I didn't give him a chance. Well, I wanted, I wanted, a, I wanted fear, fear of sides of as, both as, sides. You know? As as Marla said, yeah, I was scrolling towards it. Let's look for. Oh. Like, you know, you've got things like 1948. Well, you don't know that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Ann might have some. we got to go up to the break anyway, so we're going to be taking a, a short break anyways. But uh, Ann might have something that's really intriguing that's actually, you know, will stump us all. Right in. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh oh. That that was a giggle. <laughs> yeah, this, this that was a suspicious giggle. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, I better find something quick. <laughs> and anyway. she did. <laughs> I'm sure she did. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you're listening to a special edition of uh, Ghost Chronicles International and Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right after this one uh, with Marla Brooks, Ian Carrigan, Steve Parsons, and yours truly right here on Tojinet and Pararex Radio brought to you. Yes, we are brought to you by someone. Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts. And of course, my favorite people at the Gallant Messier Family Law Group. Uh, <laughs> I can't read the card. <laughs> in North Andover, Massachusetts. We'll be right back after the following messages.
Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parax family. of the spectacular double edition of Ghost Chronicles International, The Next Generation, and Marley's Monthlies. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. <laughs> you chose it. And... Well, I did know it. <laughs> she knows, she knows me Kerrigan, better than that. Arla Brooks and Steve Parsons. And tonight, <laughs> the subject for this, up for discussion and debate is the nonsense that is the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> Okay, you ready? Yeah. Oh, you ready? We're all, we're all yeah. sitting down, Annie. I yeah, know with at big the end of your seats. First yes. of all, I have to interject with I have found the game on eBay, 1975 vintage. Nice shape. Uh, each player operates his own fleet of ships and sails them with his own strategy from port to port in the Bermuda Triangle area. While the player's ships are at sea or in port, there hovers over them a big, bad, mysterious cloud that turns and travels in all directions. Sometimes a player's ship may be caught in the path of the cloud, yet come through safely. Other times, several ships may disappear and be out of the game. The player who is able to collect the most value in freight by luck of the dice and by the use of good strategy is the winner of the game. I can get this game right now for $15.50. I told you. I think I'll do it. Buy now. I I saw it all the time. But I did find something else. Have you bought oh. it yet? I haven't. I, I don't. I don't. No one will play with me. I'll I mean, play. That sounded good. No one plays games with me here. No. Nope. Yes, yes. I can see we'll you lo- lockdown video. Ah, uh, right. I know. Go on, click now. Click now. Click now. All right. So, but I have Bermuda Triangle Theory busted 1925 ship Cotopaxi found near Florida. Yeah. Did we talk about this already? Did I miss no, it? We did the Cotopaxi. We, we did. did. Yeah. That they found it. Yeah. Oh. Set off Never from mind. Charleston, South Carolina, for yeah. Havana. Never mind about that. All right. But I, I found the game. So. Bleh. All right. Well, you talk about the clouds, but I found something about the fog. Ooh. Fog. Yeah. Bermuda fog. Triangle. 
Green huh? flag, flag, green flag. Well, it doesn't say what color it is, but it's, it's green. very strange property. How do you green. know it's green? I have eyewitness testimony. <laughs> really? Yes. Well, many Are people. Are you kidding me? I have that... been sitting here watching freaking documentaries <laughs> on the Bermuda Triangle all freaking day. You need to get out more. Yeah. Yes. yes, but they do. They say that it has very strange properties because um, the, the, the theory was backed up by a pilot who was flying over the Bermuda Triangle in 1970 when he came across a very strange shape in the fog that was a circle. So he decided to fly through the circle. And when he did, everything in his plane started to go haywire. He was even reported as saying lines on the walls that spun counterclockwise were visual. Anyway, when he contacted Miami's air traffic control, they reported not being able to see a plane in that area. And when he made it out of the fog in a few minutes, he realized that half an hour had passed, leading him. And many others to believe that the Bermuda Triangle has time warping capabilities. Which I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Partly that's that, true. yes. Yeah. So strange fog and methane gas. That's my <laughs> contributions this time. But later I'll give you a Shakespeare reference, but not right now. Oh, about, sweet. What about Atlantis? You can talk about that. Atlantis is, is often... Um, Fingers are pointed, aren't they? Accus- accusing glances cast at the Atlanteans. Yeah. Um, because when it was destroyed, it apparently sank to the bottom of the ocean. And Nothing got it. Well, <laughs> Sorry. While the ruined temples played Not host mul- multifarious underwater creatures, the great Atlantean fire crystals. This is from an eyewitness report as well, Ron. The great Atlantean <laughs> fire crystals that once found so much of the tremendous power were still found to be operational and they are still emitting strong beams of energy into the universe and from time to time the force field emitted by the damaged Atlantean fire crystals becomes very powerful and any ship or plane coming within the influence of this force field simply disintegrates and is transformed into pure energy and that comes from an eyewitness report as well so somebody's actually seen energy huh yeah. Actually, in reality, uh, most of those things I talked about, every single one of them mentions the green fog. The the one carrying the barge, the barge became encompassed in the green fog. The airline uh, co-pilot saw a green fog uh, around the plane and off to the distance. Uh, well, and, interestingly, uh, when methane burns in the presence of sodium, mm-hmm. which, of course, is sodium chloride in seawater, um, yeah. it produces green flames. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And why do witches carry green poison apples and not red ones? You see? Because they're colorblind. <laughs> no. No. Green is a sinister pointy. color. Even but in they the wicked pointy shoes. They do. Now, now and click their heels. Yeah. Uh, Steve brought up a good point about the the Atlantis, of course, because the famous psychic uh, Edward Casey, in one of his trances, uh, gave the prediction that the Atlantis would be found in, I forget the year, probably call it 1972 or whatever. And, of course, that's when they found the, in fact, the location, too, it gave out, which that's where they found the uh, Bimini Road uh, off of Bimini. Mm. Are you familiar with that, any, all of you? Yeah, I've but heard the didn't term. find Atlantis, mm. did they? Well, I was a piece of it. Didn't say find the whole city, did he? No, he said. Let's, let's stop. I'm playing the skeptic tonight because. Oh, really? Did you 
Do you have this report there in front of you, or are you just uh, going I'm, I'm, from memory? I'm, vague, I'm vaguely familiar with it, but he actually said that Atlantis would be found. Right. What they found was a pile of rocks in, in the Bimini Atoll. Actually, it wasn't a pile of rocks. It was uh, a road. Uh, it's not, it was not Atlantis, was it? Yeah, that could be. That's that's debatable. Did he say find the whole city? That's Atlantis. If we find if we find the 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 bridge that goes to Boston, is that not Boston? If you cut me, do not, I not bleed? What? What? <laughs> Sometimes you just realize it's pointless. <laughs> but that brings up, uh, you know, Atlantis is one of the, the other theories, and there's so many theories about this, of course. And um, there's also, uh, I don't know if you were aware of this, Steve, but I, I bet you are because you were in the military yourself, is Autech is uh, located in the triangle as well, oh, which is which is our uh, naval uh, testing uh, laboratory, which uh, is on a small island and is also uh, is, uh, encompasses several thousand miles of uh, ocean as well, where they, they test various um, U.S. Navy uh, tech. Let's put it that way. That's a good way of putting it. So, uh, you know, there are some reports that some of this phenomena is caused by actually the U.S. Navy, which would make oh. sense why the government would cover up a lot of these disappearances and mm-hmm. things as well. So, uh, the thing is that they're just not disappearing. That's the problem. I mean, a lot they, of well, the, some of them aren't disappearing. Well, of course, some of of course, some of them are disappearing, but not the not the quantity that people are making claims. There's another one here, 1984. A Cessna flies out from Fort Lauderdale en route to the Bahamas, completely vanishes from radar, um, and is listed now as a Bermuda Triangle loss. However, By who? Witness, two, witness, two witnesses on a sailing yacht claim to have seen the plane plunge into the water. Mm-hmm. Now... Things, you know, aeroplanes fall out of the sky. Right. I'm not the saying other thing we don't is have just, disappearances. Just debris, but, but you would find debris, and a lot of times they don't. They a lot do, of, but the, well, all right. Where's my MH370? What? Where's MH370? We don't always find debris, and that, that that was a very big, very sophisticated airliner that had lots and lots of tracking systems, even down to tracking systems on the engines. Mm-hmm. And they knew they, you know, these things. They were being tracked by numerous systems. Um, it has been searched for by the American Navy with the most advanced underwater detection aircraft and ships. The Australians, the Chinese, the Indonesians. Yeah, you, you, do it, you do know where it went down. Too. Oh yeah, it's just off the coast of Bermuda somewhere. Which one are you talking about? <laughs> The Indonesian Airlines MH, uh, Malaysian. Yeah, which, which was in the Indian Ocean, right? The... Yeah, but it's also been attributed to the to the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, that's a big stretch of the triangle. I'm sorry. It, 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 the, these these stories gain traction. They gain ground. People repeat them over and over. They distort them. They fantasize about them. They yeah. talk. Talk for an hour on them too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the list is endless of missing ships and aircraft. In fact, the two, the two most recent are, I think, 2019, 
when uh, on August 6th, Kathleen Bergen of the FAA announced that the single-engined fixed-wing Piper PA-28 had left Miami Executive. Um, now, this is listed uh, November it's registration uh, N, whatever it is, uh, listed as missing gone forever in the Bermuda Triangle. In actual fact, it crashed in the field, injuring three. Uh, August the 8th, Kathleen Bergen of the FAA announced that a PA-34 from Great Harbor K Airport in the Bahamas to Miami Executive, uh, again listed, disappeared, no trace. In, in reality, crashed into the ocean 20 miles east of Bimini and a fishing ship rescued the plane's three occupants. Okay. So I don't. I'm not sure where you're getting this, well, uh, this information from, but from, it does from your government. Yeah, I know that. I know you're what you're getting it from. I'm not getting where these are listed. Well, as. I'm just you're all trying, I'm doing. All I'm doing is try, well, yes, I'm, because you're listing planes and ships no, that disappeared. I, I'm looking at been found. Uh, I, no, I don't understand. I'm looking at those, all the major incident, incidents of aircraft and ships in the Bermuda. So what you need listed. to do is correlate a list of, and then I'm, of I've ones got credited to the Bermuda Triangle versus that list. Yeah, well, be, being one step ahead of you, I've got two computer screens open. Yes, dear. Um, one computer screen has got all of the incidents recorded uh, as and attributed to the Bermuda Triangle, and the other right. one is just simply scrolling up and down through the FAA the dated lists for that particular flight, aircraft, or year, and just looking at the two side by side on the screen. It yeah, couldn't be simple. Got to talk about. So how did you uh, or incidents at sea because I just use the NTSB page. Oh well. Okay. Duh. So you have three. <laughs> you have three going. Is that I've what you're got a twenty-seven inch iMac. I can have yeah. multiple <laughs> windows open. I yeah. got one too, but I've only got one thing open. It's called, it's called the twenty-first century one. We can I have a twenty-seven screen too, but I'm not using it. Well, why not? Because I have you guys. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that that works. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, anyways, I mean that's that's nice. Once again, just attributing things. But I, I, what about all these incidents that uh, eyewitness reports of different phenomena, other than just disappearing well, ships and disappearing well, planes? And the eyewitness you know, we have a German we have a German scientist who was uh, sent to uh, Bimini. Um, not Bimini, uh, I forget, somewhere in the Caribbean, to because uh, he was also scuba dived to uh, set up uh, tours and stuff for uh, some of his clients uh, for the company. And while he was there, he was able to, uh, you know, he got interested in being a triangle and he started doing some research on it. And he measured uh, six particular areas where there were fluctuations in the magnetic fields in certain areas that were uh, – that. Uh, you know, within the triangle that uh, he was aware of. And he, and he published this data, by the way, uh, and several physicists uh, by the data compared it to uh, the possibility of quantum uh, uh, wormholes. So that's another theory, is that there are quantum wormholes in the triangle that's causing some of this phenomena. Wormholes? Yes. You know Giant. wormholes. Giant worms. Oh, my God. You don't know what a wormhole is. No, I don't. <laughs> What's a wormhole? A wormhole, is, for, you ever hear of Stargate? Nope. 
Okay. A wormhole is, is basically an opening, uh, a quantum opening between uh, relatively dimensions. Okay. Thanks for clearing that up. I yeah. like the theory of the big worm instead. The other thing I found out too is that um, the Bermuda Triangle is one of the deepest spots on Earth. Um, they did some underwater topography of the area. And um, it goes from it's underwater than out of the water, by the way. <laughs> it goes from a gently sloping continental shelf to an extremely deep drop off. So some of the deepest trenches in the world are supposedly found in the area of the Bermuda Triangle. So if ships or planes did sink into those deep trenches, they would never be found. So that probably you know accounts for most of the ones that haven't been found. There you go. Journey to the may, center may of the earth, right? Yeah. Yeah. May, may, may I chip mm -hmm. in again? As you will. Okay, because according to the United States Geological Survey, magnetometer, Earth Magnetometer Project, um, there is no magnetic anomaly uh, area in the Bermuda Triangle. No, well, they lie. The Clearly, they lie. I'm looking at the U.S. <laughs> geological map. Yes, that's. I agree with map. you. I agree with you that Steve, but as is, you, you didn't let me finish well, my report. As this German scientist reported that these, these. Um, um, magnetic anomalies, which they recorded, would uh -huh. disappear again. Ah. So there were six areas that this occurred intermittently. Right. And these wormholes, by the way, they're, they're talking uh, micro wormholes the size of, uh, let's put it this way. If you put a decimal point, shove 31 zeros and then a one, that's the size of them. So it, would that be the Atlantean fire crystals again? Yeah, could be, could be. Now, isn't that funny that, you know, like, if you think back on the early days when what we believed uh, in natural phenomena were, you know, the, the sun was a god, uh, you know, the uh, uh, whatever, you know, we all came up with these theories because we didn't understand it. But once we become enlightening and learn, the more we learn, the more we can understand things. So, yes, they could very well be those fire crystals, Steve. There we are, then. That's it solved. We can move on to something else. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's another one which I, I thought was kind of cool, too. It, that is, if you took, I believe it's the center of the uh, Bermuda Triangle and drew, drilled a hole all the way through the center of the Earth, it would come up into the uh, Devil's Triangle, which is in the Pacific. Uh, oh. Just, just throwing that out there. Have no idea what it means or anything. No. So, no, you mean but here what? west we have our own triangle. This is good. Yeah, you have you have enough. Yeah, of course mm -hmm. I mean, we have the last continental Atlantis, and you of course have Lemuria. Uh, mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. Share and share alike. Yeah, I know that's not a problem. I mean, but there's there's so many cool phenomena. I mean, and. People don't know, which is why you have all these stories attributing to different things. Uh, we didn't even touch on UFOs. I had a thing about it, but it wasn't. Me. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Well, I don't think it was. I mean, it, it just said that um, the area has one of the highest incidents of UFO sightings and alien abductions. So, you know, the abductions aren't the only theory, but some believe it's a portal to other planets. Hmm. That's interesting. Portal would be a, yeah. a worm, by the way, too. Could be. Yes, it could be. Yeah, so you get on the back of the worm and ride up to another. Yeah, that's right. Saddle you know, up. What, what is interesting is... Just like 
we're talking about the magnetic anomalies in the Bermuda Triangle. Um, There is actually one place on the the planet uh, where there is a really weird effect that takes place, where compasses genuinely do malfunction. And it's been known about for decades. Uh, And it's in the middle of the Gobi Desert. Mm. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. This uh, not only uh, does it also have associated strange occurrences um, and and the occasional disappearance, but uh, as with the Bermuda Triangle reports, that this has been scientifically observed uh, to affect compasses um, and can cause pilots and sailors to go significantly off course. So much so that it is actually uh, documented in pilot uh, briefing notices. Um, when they're flying over that region of the Gobi Desert. Mm-hmm. So there we are. <laughs> and the, well, if you want to go that way, we we also know that Admiral Byrd, when he flew over the North Pole, I mean the South Pole, uh, he reported an island in the sky, a complete island with lush trees and everything else. And he had that reached that same phenomenon. In fact, on a live broadcast, he was doing over the North Pole. Uh, are those islands in the sky there, or was it just uh, some type of a magnetic uh, oh, do you know, portal the, the, the bird, to the, another, another planet, another dimension? The bird flights through Antarctica. I mean, there's, there's a whole series of shows in that, because not only did he report the islands in the skies, but he also reported uh, flying inside a hole and seeing uh, was it subterranean or another world lit by a sun from the interior uh, with what's a big hole at the bottom a hollow earth theory and bird uh, uh, repu- reported re- is reported by some to have mm-hmm. flown inside it really? um, mm. however mapping satellites don't show the hole at the south pole well, maybe it opens and closes that's why satellites are over they close oh. But, I mean, the Earth's magnetic field, I mean, there's still a lot we don't know. We don't know, for example, why the North Pole has wandered off um, it, 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 and is continuing to wander off at an increasing rate. Mm-hmm. It's moved from, um, well, it's, it's migrating from Canada to Russia at the moment. Yeah, so, much, still so, so much so <laughs> that uh, navigation maps have had to be, they're normally adjusted uh, for magnetic variation which is a normal occurrence uh, every 10 years but they've had to make three adjustments in the last 10 years with a new one due because the thing is just galloping off toward the north pole the magnetic north pole Mm -hmm. is galloping away So magnetism is, is an intriguing thing, which may, you know, I mean, it does affect all our instruments and everything as well, and which has, you know, could cause some of the occurrences in the, in the Bermuda Triangle. But, I mean, the, the green lights, for instance, are, have been reported throughout history. Even the early Americans, uh, the, the Indians of that time, report uh, green lights that danced above the water and under the water. Uh, you know, people report uh, strange vessels that they, that's what they call them because they see these green uh, sometimes they're metallic they they call them metallic this is once by anyways they travel un- under the water as fast as they travel in the air and uh, they'll come out of the water so I mean there are so many things attributed to the Bermuda Triangle it's difficult to get 
you're, you're, you know, really to get a hold of what's going on in there. That's why it's so mysterious and why people keep coming up with different theories. Actually, you talking about green reminded me of a, what was considered to be a myth. Um, at the site, at the, if you watch the sun setting over the ocean, yeah, uh, people have often said that at the moment, the instant of sunset, the sun disappears with a green flash. And this was always considered to be fantasy. This was people stood on the shores and watched the sunset thousands of times and said, I saw nothing. They tried photographing it. Eventually, they determined that actually the phenomenon is real. Uh, due to a, a weird diffraction of light under certain circumstances, the sun will disappear with a green flash. Poof! Poof! Okay. <laughs> yeah. So there and we, we that, know that was always listed as a as a myth. And the, we, you know, the interesting thing, Steve, is is you mentioned that once again about the things how we later explain things. You know, things that we thought were myths sometimes real, sometimes that we thought were myths become real as well. I mean, there are there are, and you know this because you have one off your coast. We know of islands that have actually been put on charts, and yet do not exist at all. Uh, the people have, you know, recorded them. They've, they've been written in on charts and everything, and they're no longer there. Oh, God. Oh, well, Cal, Cal's changed. Yeah. Well, you, don't you have an island supposedly off the co your coast? We do. We do. Yes. Um, we have several, in fact. Uh, yeah. And they're very prominent off the Welsh coast uh, in particular because there was actually uh, ge uh, geologists and geographers who recognised that, that we did actually have a sunken uh, landscape that, that stretched out into the uh, Atlantic and the Irish Sea, some 20 miles out beyond the present landscape. And our, lots of uh, our coastline, uh, even here in West Wales, further up where I used to live near Liverpool, uh, has areas of sunken, submerged forests from sort of remnants. And our, down at our local beach, only a few months ago, they were pulling out uh, moose antlers and great mm. elk antlers, and they found flint tools and stuff from these. And these have given rise to the stories of uh, undersea towns and villages and churches where you can hear the church bells ringing at certain times of the year and island, strange islands that float up and disappear or mists that you can see. And a lot of these stories actually relate directly to the fairies because the fairies are said to inhabit these islands. These are fairy islands and that you have to stand in a particular place on a particular day in order to be able to see them. And if you do see them, then the f you can row out to them and the fairies will bestow riches upon you. Um, there we go. But there, there are... Um, there are reported islands that never existed and yours were exactly existed at one time but you there are reports of cities that people can see and they go cities and they disappear but a lot of these are the results of magnetic or weather conditions that that cause certain refractions of light that that uh, make these cities appear make these islands appear uh and but they don't really exist. It's it's more stuff that we don't understand. Of course, we can go right into, I believe it's Sweden and Norway. I forget one of those Scandinavian countries with the, the lights there. Even even the Northern Lights. Has right? Stalin. Has yes, Stalin. Has Stalin. Right. And we have the Northern Lights, which are, uh, you know, a natural phenomenon. But uh, once again, could be supernatural for someone who, who wasn't aware of it. 
So a lot of that has got to do with the amount of knowledge that we have. Uh, Did you know that, weirdly, just to finish, weirdly, the Eskimos knew that the Northern Lights, the Inuit, knew that the Northern Lights were a natural phenomena a thousand years ago. Yeah. That's why they call them Nuits. They know it all. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you heard the pizza bell, right? Yeah, I yeah. did the other pizza. Well, we got to wrap it up. Yeah, I know that. Ah. So, anyways, uh, we, we've been talking about the Bermuda Triangle with uh, uh, Malabrooks, Ian Carrigan, uh, Steve Barson, and of course myself. <laughs> what is that? Valley Ranallo, big nose sod. Yeah, why don't you put the real record on so I don't? Big nose son of a bitch, you sung about the Bermuda Triangle. Hey, by the way, I'm I bid twenty one dollars on that game. I'll let you know if I get it. I'm the high bid. Woohoo! $21? What happened to the 15 Oh, it went way up. Bastards. Yeah. I got outbid. Hey. Anyways. Anyways. Get it for, we, we need to play something, Roomy 2021. Right. Anyways, today's show is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Miramax Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and, of course, the Gallant Messier Family Law Group on 4 High Street, Suite 155 in North Andover, Massachusetts. And stay tuned as we come back in a second now, believe it or not. Uh, good night. Please, God, we're not doing the movie to Triangle. <laughs> Killed that poor triangle. I don't think it'll ever walk again. Eat it to death. I don't think it'll ever walk again. Uh-huh. Good night and God bless. Who's, who said goodbye? Goodbye. I just said good night. I just said good night. Goodbye. I just said good night. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good Lord.